Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Now, good evening and welcome to Country Life here in Midlands 103. MJ Cleary with you for the next hour. Bring you the latest from the Midlands and for further, I should say, a field from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now, thank you all for joining me. And I hope on the 7th of February that calving is going well for you all. This day last week was what I called the calm before the storm on a lot of farms. Now, plenty of farms. Calving was going strong since mid-January, but uh, everybody up and running now at this stage. So, fingers crossed, going well for you all. It's cold and unsettled is the forecast for the next number of days. Look, there's talk of a bit of snow as well, but don't know if that's going to hit us here in the Midlands. And uh, given the time of the year, look, it's it's what we expect, really. Now, to this week, and in a moment, I'm going to be speaking to auctioneer Joe Coogan from County Kilkenny, who recently leased land for a huge figure of €560 Euro per acre in County Leash. Uh, with that, and a word on the land market in general, I'll have Joe in just a moment. You also may recall that I covered a piece just before Christmas on how revenue we're halting the paying back of VAT on certain items. That's if you're an unregistered uh, VAT farmer, which the majority of you are. Meal bins, bulk tanks and automatic calf feeders were falling into the bracket. Uh, now, it's important to mention that farm bodies are still negotiating with revenue on this area. Hopefully, there may be a little bit of movement. Uh, however, another item which is falling foul of the ruling at the moment is that of slurry storage bags, uh, the large um, plastic uh, rubber, I should say, plastic rubber bags that are used for storing slurry if you are full on your tanks. Uh, this is having a big impact on an awfully man's business. Willie Dunn from slurrybags.ie joins me to chat about this and how a disability he sustained a number of years ago hasn't held him back in any way in a very physical and demanding business, which is what he's in. Uh, also, the FTMTA, the Tractor and Machinery Trade Association, they're having their annual conference in the Heritage Hotel in Killinar tomorrow. It's entitled Navigating the Evolving Agricultural Machinery Landscape. And Offaly man Carl Dignan from Killy is, well, he's Westmead man, but he's living in Offaly. Uh, he's uh, the president of the FTMTA and he will join me later to chat about the event. Some very interesting speakers at it, I must say. Big line up there. And obviously, look, 2023, challenging year in agriculture in general. And that's going to have had a knock on effect to the machinery trade side of things. And that's something we're going to be talking to Carl about a little bit later. Now, you'll have seen a lot of news over the last few weeks about farmers around Europe who have taken to the streets to protest. So indeed, some of you may have joined the protests last week called by the IFA. But with differing countries and differing farmers involved, just what exactly do these groups want? We see it's happening in Germany, they're happening in France and Belgium. Uh, Phelim O'Neill from the Irish Farmers Journal joins me later in the hour to give the background to the disquiet that is currently on show from our farming colleagues in Europe. Now, text or WhatsApp me here on the programme to 083 30 10 103 throughout the course of the hour. Be happy to chat and read out any of your messages. As I said, starting off with land leasing and I have Kilkenny-based auctioneer Joe Coogan on the line. Joe, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Yeah, good evening. How are you keeping? Uh, we're, very, um, we're, very, we're very good, Joe. And uh, it's as a result of the headline on the farming indoor that you're speaking to me here this evening. So lease prices soar as farmer pays €560 Euro per acre. So, Joe, can you give us a little bit of background on this big price that was paid in County Leash, please? 
Yeah, that was 65 acres we leased in five individual lots um, last Friday week, and um, tremendous interest in it. Um, we also landed in County Kilkenny the same day. But, um, yeah, 560 for one lot was 30 and a half acres, and the same person uh, gave four. And we put up the farm building separately, um, and that they made four and a half thousand. So it was a 13 and a half acre field. Uh, and the farm buildings, and 560, the farm buildings, 46. And there was different prices that the same day. It was 520 and 470 and 460 for 35 acres. So there was tremendous interest in land in, in this land auction. Um, I will be admit that I thought that maybe last November uh, be, people were concerned what land leasing going to be making the beginning of 24. We had a great year last year as you can remember where the highest week was 620 an acre and the third place made 600 an acre and farm buildings made nearly about up to 700 an acre if you want to be precise so there was concern with that continue into this year and with a change in nitrate it has and uh, Joe as you said that was the issue people thought towards the end of 2022 that a lot of these leases that were signed up the previous year when milk prices were very strong that maybe they would fall away and this being one of the the start off uh, land leasing blocks of 2024 there was a lot pivoting on this really and uh, the fact that this high price was paid is showing that there is strength there in the market still and uh, these leases Look, they, well, they will be honoured, or if they won't be honoured, there'll be someone else there to take them. Yeah, they will. I think they will be honoured. Um, any that that has took up last year will be honoured, in my opinion, anyway, at this stage. Um, and yes, that auction last Friday week, there was a lot of concern in my own mind as to how it would go, because it didn't, you know, I'm an auctioneer in 33 years, and you have good days and bad days in auctioneer, and no one can say everything is a bit of roses, but thank God it is a lot of time. Um, but... I was concerned that that auction, just not just for my two clients that day, one in Leash, the other in Kilkenny, that, that that particular afternoon would go well. But if it hadn't to go well, or if there had to be prices a third less or half of last year, well, then you'd have people looking at leases to sign into last year and be saying to themselves, do I continue on here? What do I do? But um, no, it went well. And I think, you know, we have another auction coming up. A few more auctions are coming up either on the 1st of March or the 8th of March. And we'll be doing renewals by private treaty as well, or we'll be leasing them privately as well. And that's ongoing. So at the minute, it's like the, the dairy farmer and his cabin season. Any auctioneer like myself that's involved in the agricultural sales and leasing, this is now a very, very busy moment for us and busy time and will be for the next six to the eight odd weeks. Uh, sales coming up, Joe, in County Leash especially. Anything on the horizon? Yeah, we have a few sales coming up. Um, I, I suppose the, the one there in Balacala is coming up there. There's a lovely 13.5-acre field on the 23rd of February. Um, not that far away the previous week, uh, just outside Johnstown. Johnstown is nearly hidden into the Leash border. There's 24 acres of top-quality land. And go out into March, on the 22nd of March, there's 39 acres down near Collection uh, in County Leash coming up for sale. Do all those three lots, 24 acres in Johnstown, 13 acres in, in uh, Balacala, and 39 acres near Collection in County Leash, heading into Carlow Town uh, from the Castle Comers, near the, near the Cattle Mart there in, in uh, Carlow. Uh, all that is roads to land, top quality, and we'll be auctioning them in the, in the forthcoming weeks. I'd say you're going, to, you're going to be it for those pieces, uh, Joe, I'd imagine, especially at the sizes yeah. that they're being offered. Yeah, I think the reason of them all is all dairy farmers around them, and what dairy farmers, suckling farmers, is that activities from both sides, it's not, it's not only just dairy farmers are buying, uh, it's 
people in different enterprises are buying as well. But I, I hope to have also a number of good farms, hopefully come up in County Leash um, in, in the forthcoming months as well. But that's for, for the moment and just after outlining what exactly is coming up. Uh, very good. Before I let you go, uh, Joe, again, it was a piece that came across in the property section of the Farm and Paper yesterday, the Independent, and it was a little bit about the vacant property refurbishment grants. These grants that we hear about, another run room to improve a couple of weeks ago, people bought an old house and they got this uh, 70,000. There's two of them, a 50,000 and a 70,000. I don't want to go into the particulars of them with yourself, Joe, but I'm just wondering, from your uh, side of things and the auctioneering, are they giving a little bit of a boost to these derelict properties, these older properties we see out in the countryside that have been lying idle are these grants helping people to, to get them across the line and to buy them? It's a help. There's an awful lot of inquiries in, in our office and probably every other auctioneer's office in Ireland as well. Um, I think any houses are out there that are on borderline of, of being an up, they are now going to be improved. OK, there's a lot of red tape involved in this, and I was reading that article yesterday where one lady sale agreed the house, and when she found out she had to keep the house after getting the grant for seven years and couldn't sell it and if you did sell it within the seven years you have to give back the money there's little pitfalls there um, in that but let me be honest it is a help in the right direction mm. um, now you, you know Derek Bannon in fairness to him I, I love that program uh, he did, you know three weeks ago there was uh, people who got different grants and you know he, he had a quantity surveyor with him and I think you'd have to imply somebody like that on your side because there is a lot of red tape involved in, in those grants mm. so we'll be honest with you yeah, I think that's good advice. Joe, many thanks for a round up there and we'll speak to you again on yeah. the programme. Thanks for your time. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, Joe Coogan there from Coogan Auctioneers in Castle Comer and... Uh, 560 is what was paid in County Leash for one uh, part of that block. So it just does show a very strong land leasing market again. It's the nitrates really is driving all this. As we know, stock and numbers on larger dairy farms haven't come down and it's the only really way out to keep your stock numbers up. And also three upcoming uh, auctions then for Joe Coog and Balakala, Johnstown and Kaleshin. Uh, the article I referenced in the Farming Supplement of the Indo yesterday, a very good piece, I have to say, on what qualifies for these two grants. There's basically, just running down through it really quickly, there are two grants. One is uh, 50,000, that's for a vacant house, and uh, 70,000 is for a derelict house. What's the difference, says you? Um, well, one is uninhabitable, one that's just hasn't been inhabited for a period of time. But as Joe said, look, there is a lot of uh, red tape when you're going through it. The main one is the local authority has to agree in advance you have to have the money up front, so you can't do stage payments. You can't spend 10, claim 10, spend 10, claim 10. You have to spend the entire amount up front, and that is the issue. That was the issue on Room to Improve. We are talking about it back a few weeks ago. Uh, people did a house down in Tipperary, down in Cashel, and uh, I remember them saying, look, if we all had sixty or 70,000 lying here beside us, wouldn't we go on and spend it? Uh, we need the grant because we don't have the money. But uh, they are the issues that are being aired out. Also, 10 years, uh, the property has to be held for uh, between 5 and 10 years after the grant or the owner will have to pay back 75% of the money once the 10 years have passed applicants are free to sell the property and it just is interesting these older properties we see especially on farmland and in rural areas uh, around the country will this grant now give people that impetus to go and buy them it's a significant amount of money and uh, hopefully it will and we'll get them back into the mix speaking of room to improve I was actually in a room to improve house at the weekend if you were watching it back about two or three or four weeks ago maybe there was a couple from Dublin Sandra and Daniel 
Um, Sandra will be good friends with my wife Ashling, and Daniel runs a business uh, he has a large Instagram following if you remember them they have a house in Dublin and uh, Dermot Bannon came in and did a job for them they didn't actually extend it they just refitted it uh, so it was quite quite a good sized house and uh, they moved it around I have to say I was in it the other day and I know there's a lot of hype about this programme but it was an exceptional job that was done on the property. The uh, amount of space, the amount of light, everything was done for what was a reasonable enough amount of money. The uh, the biggest spend on that was bringing up the Burr cert. So if any of you are looking into uh, refurbing houses or getting them up on the Burr rating, that is where the money goes. I think the figure was about 70000 to bring it from a very poor uh, Burr rating up to an A rating. So uh, really a lot of money there for that. But uh, very impressed. So... Uh, Dermot Bannon, if you're listening, you're doing a great job and uh, kudos on, uh, on all the work. Now, we're going to move on and after the break, we are going to talk to Willie Dunn. Willie is from a company called slurrybags.ie and uh, Willie's complaining because the revenue have decided to stop giving the VAT back on these large slurry storage bags and uh, it's having a detrimental effect on his business and also... There is a couple of different things uh, Willie wants to speak about. Uh, the fact there is a TAMS grant available as well and uh, how these are available for additional storage. So stay tuned and we'll speak to Willie in just a moment. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, slurry storage is what we're going to focus on for the next few minutes here on the programme. And we have an awfully man who is in that industry, Willie Dunn from slurrybags.ie. Willie, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Good man, MJ. Thanks very much for having us on the programme. Uh, you're more than welcome, Willie. That's, uh, you wouldn't have to go too far and awfully to know you're a dangling man. You can hear the, the droll, the dangling droll there is what I'd say in the, in the background uh, when, you're, when you're speaking. And uh, you're involved in a business, Willie, that not everyone's involved in. It's um, slurry storage in these large bags. And look, you're going to talk about it to me in a moment. You're a busy man. It's a physical business. And it's something I'm not going to spend a whole pile of time on. But you just mentioned to me yesterday when I was talking to you, you do have a yeah. dis- disability, uh, Willie, and uh, can you just start by telling us just a little bit about that and then we'll crack on with the business. Yeah, back in um, June 22, MJ, um, I suffered an abs- with an abscess on my spinal cord um, as a result of a sepsis blood infection that basically caused, uh, um, I suppose, paraplegia or to be paralysed as a result of the pressure on the spinal cord um, that left me in a wheelchair basically ever since. I spent six months in hospital and that was it, like. And was that as a result, really? Did you feel a pain? Were you going along yeah, as normal? Yeah, did you leave it off pain. for a while? What was the background yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. I had a bit of pain, all right, for a while, and there was a bit of lump on my back and a small bit of a lump. I thought it was not money. Maybe a, a disc out of place or a bone out and moving or something like that. And I went and got it checked out and then I later discovered that, you know, that I was a little bit more serious than what I had thought initially. And, so it resulted in having to go to Dublin there to the Maher Private there for surgery and um, that was the last time I ever walked. I walked into the hospital and then came out in a wheelchair. But it hasn't so held, I, you, it hasn't held you back, uh, Willie. The business you're no. after getting into, this, this area of slurry storage, like look, all business, yeah. as we know, is demanding. Yeah. And But some of them yeah. you can sit at a desk or you could be at a, at a computer screen or, or whatnot. But here's one where a big part yeah. of it is going to be going out meeting farmers, going out looking at sites, right. looking at designs, looking at where they're going to be, uh, logistics, all of these things. So yeah. you got into an area that uh, it, didn't, yeah. it didn't stop you. 
No, I had started the business already, and uh, you know, I had done a lot of work on it, uh, you know, before this happened and that, and I just couldn't give up on it and walk away from it. Like you know, it was me lifeblood basically you know what I mean my livelihood and um, so I decided then to kind of um, look at it from a different point of view and it kept me I suppose kept me going through through the tough times as well and um, really pulled things together and I suppose I had family great family support at the time and one thing and another and um, other friends and that got in and pulled in together and we kept it going and um, made it made it a success of it like regardless of what you know curveball life threw at me at the time you know mm, yeah absolutely and now slurry storage uh, Willie for the farmers who are listening and who are yeah. who are and who were under pressure and who were looking at the spreading date and the 15th of January couldn't come quick That's enough right. and they were just saying That's themselves right. look slam, concrete's after going up uh, Dublin in price steel's after going up by, ha- by half uh, yeah. you know I can't afford another tank I'm under pressure uh, all yeah. of these different um, yeah. problems are, are here on, on the farm so tell us how a, a slurry bag, one of these uh, storage systems, could suit one of these farmers. Yeah, well, they're suitable, MJ, for, they're suitable for storage of pig slurry, soil water, dairy slurry, powder washings, or even digested from biodigesters, liquid fertilizer, water for irrigation, or even fire suppression, or whatever it would be needed for. Very fast and easy and handy to deploy. Just put down a bit of a base for it, six, say six inches of stone under it, and a small bit of dust over that. The whole process um, can be as, as quick as, you know, a month's turnaround from the time of order to the time of completion and commission of the tank. We handle the installation of the tank ourselves for the farmer. The farmer can do his own, um, get his own contract in to do the groundwork side of it and um, take over that aspect of it. So, uh, what would I say to you? You can... You're looking at a 50-year lifespan on these as well, up to 50 years lifespan expectancy. It comes with a full 10-year manufacturer warranty on it as well. So it takes away a lot of, um, I suppose, gives better peace of mind to the to the customer as well, you know? Asking um, probably a silly question here, Willie. When, I, when I'm thinking about this, then I'm saying to myself, do I, do I have to hook on my slurry tank onto my tractor, go fill it, go across the yard, empty it, fill it, empty it, and, and keep repeating this because it'd be very time-consuming? It would be, it would be, of course, yeah, absolutely. No, you can you can do your top fill agi, agitator, say, with the top fill pipe and run a four or five inch lay flat pose off of that a couple of hundred metres away to the bag and let, leave it pumping away there, like, you know, as, as you're doing your agitation, after doing your agitation, do, do, do the pump system on it. Or you can run it from an umbilical. We have a couple of customers that actually bring in a contractor and he pumps it. And he could pump it a, a mile away up to the, the tank on an outblock where you might have an outblock and you need to mm. have story there, you know, or, or draw it with, with tankers in the slow time of the year. If you had a quiet time in the winter or whatever and you wanted to draw up slurry, to so say 60 or 100,000 gallons of slurry to a bag and you have a young fellow around the yard not doing a whole lot or whatever, it's not busy enough and you can say, well, there's the tractor and tanker, go ahead and whip up 10 or 20 load up to that outblock up above and 10 kilometres up the road or whatever the case may be. Yes, yeah. And you can have it there then. It's handy to have it on standby when you strip your silage off the ground and hit it at the right time of the year and you'll save money on fertiliser as well by doing that and you'll better nutrient management. Uh, next question, Willie. What's the, obviously, look, there's loads of different sizes with these, but your, yeah. your biggest seller, your kind of one, your, your standard one. Yeah, the standard, the standard one that we're selling at the moment or the biggest tank we have, it's, it's, it's um, most common sizes needed in the market at the moment is 110,000 gallon store and yeah so it's 110,000 gallon store it's, it's what it's 110 foot long footprint 110 foot by 50 foot wide 
and it's probably about six foot, five and a half foot when it's full in height. And obviously when it empties, it lays down flat on the ground again. Price-wise there, you're looking at um, 25,000 plus the VAT at, at 13.5% VAT rate on its supply and fit. And uh, yeah, we're getting on getting on to the price of it, uh, Willie. So yeah. two aspects of the price, 25 plus yeah. the VAT. We'll talk about VAT in a second, yeah. but the 25, yeah. TAMS is available on these, I believe. TAMS is available at the moment, yeah. They have been approved for TAMS there now, but there's extra requirements when you go down the TAMS route. You have to have planner permission. Um, you have to go through the planner permission uh, system and um, you have to do chaining fencing around the top one. So that drives up the price more. Um, they're treating them as a lined lagoon or like uh, same as a slurry lagoon because it's a geotextile mem- membrane liner or tank made from the same material or similar material. So they're bringing them in under all the one thing, under the one umbrella. So you have to put up a six-foot-high chaining fencing with three strands of wire and a couple of entrance gates and stuff. Whereas if you didn't go down the Tams route and you just put a bundle around it and... You wouldn't need a fence. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, be like, uh, wouldn't be like wouldn't be like the wouldn't be like the department to add red tape to something now, Willie. That's a big surprise. No, big be, surprise. No, no. now, that is uh, obviously, obviously uh, that's uh, that's what they look for. No question about it. Uh, the VAT side of it, then, Willie. This is the bugbear. Um, now, I did say to listeners just at the start of the program, the farm bodies yeah. are still negotiating on this, uh, but you know, so fingers crossed, something might happen. But at the moment. If you buy one of these bags, you can't claim your, your VAT back. Now, the reason my understanding of this is VAT changed around of these things because items were seen as mobile. So, for example, bulk milk tanks can be scooped up and brought off and sold and whatnot. And fair enough, I see the logic in that. However, it yeah. sounds like this 110,000 gallon bag, once it's used, like, I don't know, would it be possible to move one of these, Willie, after they've been filled once? I'd love to see a committee uh, from whoever is refusing to give back these VAT um, refunds to come out to one of our sites and we'd empty the tank and I'd love them to come on board together someday and try and lift one and roll one up because it'd take an All-Ireland team to roll one of these up. Like they're a ton and a half when they leave the factory, they one brand new. And with the best will in the world, MJ, you wouldn't get all the last bit of surrey out of these anyway. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. It's fairly well emptied, but you won't get the last bit out. So you're talking serious tonnage, like laying on a flat floor, and the membrane will be wet most of the time here in Ireland anyway. The tank will be wet. But um, so to get a grip on it, to train roll it up and fold it up, no, it's no, it's a non-runner. And like we can't understand why these are thinking that. The only thing, the only thing that I, I, I can surmise is that they've seen another tank that was on a reeler system. It's a company in Holland, I think, have it. And the reeler system is as dear as the bag itself because um, and it's a smaller tank altogether. It's not ideal and it's only suitable for, I suppose you could use it on a shared basis or something like that. But how long does that, would that go on for before there'd be disagreement? But, um, not so long is the answer, really. Yeah. So that, that, that being said, um, you know, it, it just, it, it would be impossible, absolutely impossible yeah. without, without either without either destroying your back or destroying the tank, one or the other. Yeah. Again, listen, uh, Willie, look, um, just a lack of joined yeah. up thinking there and just, just something, yeah. something, something, something very, very, very uh, silly. Stupid is the word, really, because when you're describing it there, for anyone with, uh, with, with, with oh. any little bit of um, understanding of these things and know that that couldn't be moved. Willie, I'm going to let you go. It's slurrybags.ie and uh, you have a good donation name, name there, I have to say. Uh, it was a good one that you got. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah. if anyone's interested look let them log on give you a buzz your mobile number number is up on it there your local man and uh, look you have a great attitude to it all Willie um, some people if something happens to them like they happened to you they might let the head down and drop but uh, it didn't happen and uh, by God it's not going to happen with you we wish you all the best with it look we'll have you on again in the programme at some stage thanks me and MJ uh, Willie Dunn there as I said slurrybags.ie and uh yeah, that VAT thing is a real, it's really, I have to say, uh, a bugbear of mine uh, since I heard this, like pulling money back out of agriculture. This is this is money that was going to go straight back into the system again. As I said before, if you bought one of these bags, you claimed the VAT back, the VAT had gone, then it'd help either buy it for you or it'd help buy the broken stone uh, for putting it down. It'd help maybe with a little bit of fencing around it. It'd help with whatever. You're going to put it back in. You're not bringing it off and putting it into a savings account. I really just don't understand this. And also, when Willie's describing it if you had a couple of Hymax in they might move the bag but that'll be the end of your bag so what would the sale price be then going forward Uh, revenue and the government really need to look at these things now and they need to ensure that the decisions they're making isn't going to negatively affect business on the ground and that's what's happening here small business here getting affected by it farmers getting affected by it and they need to just look at this properly and uh, sort it out before uh, they make more decisions like this because that's just it's complete nonsense there's no other word for it now coming up after the break we're going to talk to Carl Dignan and he is the man behind the FTMTA he's the president they have a big event in Port Leash tomorrow and it is taking place in Killinard we're going to talk to him in just a moment, so stay tuned. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to uh, farm machinery, uh, tractors and farm machinery with the FTMTA conference taking place tomorrow in Port Leash. Carl Dignan, the president of the FTMTA, is with us now. Carl, many thanks for joining me this evening. No problem, MJ. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a big event tomorrow, and you have a, a really, really interesting lineup. Look, we'll, we'll chat about it in a moment and run down through it. Uh, you're not messing around with it. You have Minister McConlogue, you have Sean O'Rourke moderating it. It's a, it's a big, big lineup. But just in advance of it, Carl, look, 2023 it was a tough year in farming in all areas, but especially tillage, which is look a big machinery uh, user. It must have had a knock on effect on machinery and tractor sales, I'm sure. It, it did. Twenty twenty three probably started off. We were all racing downhill. It was great, but come uh, May, June, July, it, it really started to slow. And then with the poor harvest, it, it really had a detrimental effect on things. The price of milk also fell. So and the price of beef wasn't hectic because they were probably suffering from high input costs at the mm-hmm. time. The look. <laughs> I suppose the outlook for a lot of the sectors, the dairy is kind of looking a bit more positive. The beef farmers probably riding on the crest of a wave at the minute, and hopefully that wave will continue for a while. But the tillage outlook probably isn't as as bright. Yeah, and t- t- tillage is obviously going to be one one of your big ones, given the amount of machinery used in the industry. Yeah, it is the amount of machinery and the value of it, you know, and it creates a lot of turnover for for our members. The they are big, but when they do buy, they are big buyers and big value buyers. So it, it does have a knock-on effect to us. Like the, there's certain purchases put in hold. And in your uh, business, Carlo, you're in the machinery game for a long time. How long does it kind of take to feel the um, the downside of um, a, a downturn? Say, for example, 
bad prices at the start of the year? Is it immediate? Is it six months? Is it nine months? Is it the following year? What would you normally see? Immediate. Mm. Immediate. Uh, unfortunately, there's no, no slow run into it. It's, it's always an immediate effect on us. The, the farmers, tillage farmers, dairy farmers of all sorts, they, they kind of close up shops and put off a lot of these more mm. bigger investments straight away. You I know. suppose it's a natural kind of human response, isn't it, though? Uh, realistically, it, you know, when things, when things go, go a little bit uh, uh, flat, you kind of say to yourself, right, a key has been put on the safe here now and we're not spending for a while and we'll see how things go. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of a tortoise effect. As soon as you sense danger, you pull everything into your shell and wait for the for the danger to pass there. And I suppose then, Carl, look, that knocks on then. Your event tomorrow is uh, for people in the industry, people who are selling farm machinery, selling tractors, and then an awful lot of people employed in it, an awful lot of people who need to stay employed. You know, you don't want to be letting people off if things are a little bit slower. So it's about trying to navigate the landscape now. And for you, it's trying to, you know, stay selling, uh, but doing it in a way that is manageable for people involved in agriculture and ensuring that everybody wins, essentially. And that's really the kind of... Um, the the viewpoint on your day tomorrow like I'm looking at some of your speakers here and one of them is unlocking financial excellence navigating the industry's financial landscape strategies for success there's a real high level business element to your talks tomorrow and what you're trying to do is I suppose you're trying to tell your members look going through a bit of a tough time here but you'll get out the other side yeah, it is and like no matter what happens to commodity prices or farm gate prices for projects the business of farming will continue and okay there's some big investments might be put off by farmers but in the short term but in the longer term these investments still have to be made and it's we're trying to help our members navigate this and make sure they're still there in 6 months time 12 months time when when things recover and they're able to service the the farmers again yeah, no, hundred percent, Karen. Look, we're well used to it on the on the farming side of it, and uh, no doubt, look, the farm machinery side of it is well used to it as well. There's been ups and downs in agriculture for years and years. You have another uh, little workshop, and I'd like to win on this one now because I'd like to know next time I go in and I might really want to buy something but I know there's someone there looking at me trying to half hypnotise me it's called Mastering the Art of Sales Behaviour Psychology of Selling have you ever uh, story yourself over the years uh, Carol where you've been trying to sell something to someone he or she has been on the fence and you were able to just use your je ne sais quoi to get it across the line is it something you're born with being a natural sales person or is it something you can develop over the years the Look, for some people it comes naturally. For other guys, they're starting out. You see, it takes years for them to to develop those skills. The, a lot of it is down to relationships, uh, the with the customers, and I suppose being aware of their situation too, and working, and making things work for them. The where there's no point. Uh, dragging a fella across the fence if you know he can't afford to turn the, mm. the long run and he's not there for repeat business in five or six or ten years or two years time And but it is it can be developed but it takes time but you, you can see the guys that have it naturally and have it but it's all about reading the situations and being a good people person too like 
Yeah, yeah, and reading yeah. the person, reading the person in front of you. Your keynote speaker is Paul McNeve. He's a chartered surveyor. He has forty years' experience in commercial property, and uh, he was working in Savills in Ireland. And again, I had uh, Joe Coogan, their local auctioneer, on the program at the start of the hour. Look, it's interesting. Like the prices, land prices, property prices, the whole atom, they all feed into it all. It's all part of the the grander matrix. And uh, land and the the market for land and the value for land and the appetite for land is all going to feed in then to to the industry. It'll be interesting and see what that man has to say. It will be, and we're looking forward to seeing it. It gives a different perspective and outlook from us rather than having somebody in our own industry talking. It's always good to see on the outside view, but he, he will give us a kind of, we're hoping, a guide on what he's, he's happening in that kind of industry. Like the biggest biggest uh, factor taking land off us now a couple of years ago, everybody was saying that dairy farmers were eating up land, and now it seems to be... Uh, energy companies that are eating up land on us, you know. Mm. Uh, so he'll give a different perspective. He'll, he'll be able to tell us where that's going and, you know, property, where that's, where that's all levelling out and that affects our, our customers at the end of the day too. And uh, come half five then tomorrow evening, uh, Carl, you're going to be finished up, so it'll be time to head into the, into the bar then in, uh, in Killinard and uh, have a few sociables. I'd say, will you, will you have a bit of a, a soiree tomorrow evening? The, no, well, the others will, but unfortunately for me, I, I, I have work to do and the, the, I have to go down to Kelly's and Boris. They're, they're holding an, o, an open evening tomorrow, so there's no rest for the wicked room, Jerry. What, do, what did they say? As they say on uh, the sequel of Wall Street was called Money Never Sleeps, Carl, isn't that it? Money, money <laughs> Never Sleeps. Exactly. Never Sleeps. Exactly. Uh, Carl, look, many, th- many thanks for joining me there. But look, big line-up tomorrow and look, we're all, we're all in the same game. Everyone wants, uh, wants an upturn in fortunes for 2024 and fingers crossed that occurs across the board. So many thanks, Carl. Thank you for having me, MJ. It was a pleasure. Uh, Carl Dignan there from the FTMTA and that's their event that's on tomorrow in County Leash and uh, yeah some some really interesting speakers there I have to say uh, that last man Paul McNeve he is also a motivational speaker and uh, I always think that at these events speakers like that can give really encouraging speeches for just maybe five or ten minutes they kind of get you just thinking about things in a different way or a different perspective and sometimes that's all you need uh, just before I go to the break I see the Farmers Journal headline tomorrow it says weanling trade hits record four euro a kilo uh, price in March sale. So yeah, that really, really hot um, trade is still occurring in March. Top quality, 350 continent, continental weanlings are currently selling from 1270 to €1,400 Euro a head or up to €4 Euro a kilo. €4 Euro a kilo it really is, it's a huge, huge amount of money being paid at the moment for those lighter store cattle. Now look, they have to have the quality for that. Uh, Turkish buyers are now in the market for 600,000 cattle. So as we always know, strong shipping trade equals a strong mark trade. Uh, there is no question about that. And that's why we're so reliant on shipping, just to keep the floor under it. Now, coming up after the break, we're talking to Phelan O'Neill from the Irish Farmers Journal about what is happening across Europe as farmer protests sweep across Ireland, France, Germany, Belgium, Poland. So let's chat about that in just a moment. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. You're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. And farmers being unhappy 
Now that's something we're, we're used to, but uh, now and then take to the streets. But it has happened in quite a few countries around Europe and indeed in Ireland last week. And Phelan O'Neill is going to shed some light on the subject from the Farmer's Journal. Phelan, many thanks for speaking to me on the programme. Good evening, MJ. Sorry about all that. You're all right. Thanks, Phelan. Um, now, what we were speaking about, Phelan, at the start of this was these uh, strikes that are taking place around Europe and farmers are unhappy all over. We're in France and Germany, Belgium, Poland. Uh, I suppose, look, a broad question, uh, Phil, the, the background to it all. Uh, why are European farmers and indeed Irish farmers knocking on uh, last week so unhappy? Well, and, uh, uh, this has been building up over years, not months, really. Uh, and it's it's a kind of a follow-on from we had uh, the Mercosur trade deal signed off and, and agreed in the middle of 2019. And then at the end of that year, we had new commission appointed and we had the European Green Deal and Farm to Fork, all very worthy ambitions in terms of reducing the uh, emissions from not just agriculture, but from all across industry and across Europe. But the, the burden farmers would feel has fallen disproportionately on agriculture and on farmers. And we've had a series of events since then. We've had times when prices have been okay, but the reality is input costs have surged over the past, uh, well, really since before the, since COVID time initially, then we had the Russian invasion of Ukraine. More recently then we have the uh, terrible events that are ongoing in the Middle East and Palestine. So we have, uh, all of those things have created serious uncertainty, they've created serious inflation and input costs. Now, with Prices, input costs might have come back somewhat from their peak levels, but they're still a lot higher than they were before. And market prices, they were weak in 2023. They may have been showing some better promise in 2024 so far. But that is all there in the background. Meanwhile, in different parts of Europe, then, the trigger in Germany, for example, was a decision by government in the budget that they're going to do away with the subsidy on agricultural diesel. Uh, green diesel, as we know it in Ireland, uh, was going to be... Uh, taxed at the same rate as ordinary road diesel. Uh, that triggered the protest there. In uh, Poland, Eastern uh, and, and uh, Romania, there have been issues, uh, and that's been very much the effect of grain. There's been a surplus, a, a huge supply of Ukrainian grain hitting the European market. And this is going to be part of a longer-term problem as well, because the political ambition is that we bring Ukraine into the European community in the longer term. If we do that, it's going to come at a cost. Uh, moving in then to France and Belgium, the disputes there, very much bureaucracy led uh, and that was why the, the European Union uh, buildings in Brussels themselves were the target of farmer protests and uh, then this week we've had uh, evidence from Spain have come along so it's just it's been essentially uh, to, to sum it up the, there's been no one issue that has triggered them MJ it has really been a build up of issues over the past four years and now of course it is getting particular attention because Politicians and with the European elections, or elections to the European Parliament coming up in, in May and June of this year, that has really made uh, created a sensitivity at a political level that perhaps wouldn't have been there last year or the year before. How did the German farmers get on, uh, Phelan? Did they get any concessions on the uh, tax rate on the green diesel, or has it still been negotiated, or did it did, did anything occur? Uh, that that is uh, you you would say still under negotiation. Uh, the uh, the states in Germany Germany has a, a large element of devolved government to the regional lander as they're referred to as. 
uh, and they have put a break on implementing the federal taxation product, uh, policy there. So it may, it's, it's not gone away with, but it's, it's maybe the best to say it's gone away for now. Uh, and again, you know, we've, we've had a fair response this week, and my colleague uh, Larkin Roach Kelly has picked it up uh, in some detail in the Farmers' Journal. You know, there's been certainly all of the soundings at the political level have been that farmers have been listened to here, and committees have been set up to explore things and, and investigate things. Now, the more cynical interpretation of the that uh, uh, committees and working groups, uh, they will buy time, they will take weeks, months uh, to report, and it has the effect of probably pushing the issue maybe out beyond the European elections, and then of course there'll be a whole new commission uh, appointed next autumn uh, with a new European Parliament, so it'll be, if you like, something of a fresh start. But how policy evolves at that point, uh, you know, the short-term fix at the political level is get over the elections, the longer-term strategic problems will remain. Now, we've had a lot of comment, uh, I suppose, particularly in France at the government level, and it's been picked up here in Ireland as well by the Taoiseach in relation to the Mercosur trade. They lost the one that basically opens Europe up to an extra 99,000 tonne of South American beef. Uh, and it was it came into effect or was agreed at the time just as Brazilian uh, Brazil in particular was ramping up rainforest clearance in the Amazon. Uh, so we had this comment if you like, where we're opening the European market uh, to uh, be produced from that type of an environment and production area. Uh, And at the same time, the uh, production constraints were tightening ever more on European production. So you can can see see how that's a political difficulty. Exactly. And and, and, and all of that comes together. Exactly, fellow. I'm just going to have to leave it there uh, just as a result of being cut short. I'm going to say many thanks for joining me on the programme and we will speak to you again. Phelim O'Neill there from the Irish Farmers Journal. Thanks to Phelim. Thanks to Carl Dignan from the FTMTA Willie Dunn from slurrybags.ie and indeed Joe Coogan at the start of the hour Shows repeated Sunday morning at 7am until 8am I'll be back with you this time next week as usual pick us up wherever you get your podcasts if you type in MJ space Cleary C-L-E-R-Y we will be there from Friday I'll talk to you in a week Good night and God bless Country Life on Midlands 103 Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands WORSHAW.ie It's almost 8 o'clock Time to think of your next car See the 241 Volkswagen range at Michael Moore Port Arlington VW.ie So you could fly from an airport where you might have to park miles from the terminal long queues for security and then run the 20 minutes it takes to walk to the terminal gate Or you could just fly from Ireland West Airport, park beside the terminal, fly through security and choose from flights to 21 destinations. Ireland West Airport, the easy way to get away. Visit irelandwestairport.com. Are you a farmer looking for the right cover to protect your farm and livelihood? At Britain Insurance, we'll make sure you have the best policy in place from your house, outbuildings and livestock to your tractor, jeep, van and quad. With a direct line to your team member and access to our claims department 24-7, you're covered with Britain Farm Insurance. At Britain & Co Limited, trading as Britain Insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. At Tierlawn Farm Life, we believe the beginning is everything. To give your calves the best start, Gain Animal Nutrition have developed a range of premium, high-quality calf milk replacers and calf feeds suitable for high-performance dairy and beef rearing systems. To learn more about Gain Calf Nutrition product range, contact your Tierlawn Farm Life business manager, Tierlawn Farm Life branch, or visit tierlawnfarmlife.com. 
From the morning routines to cosy family moments, Grant has been bringing comfort to homes for over 45 years. With our biofuel-compatible condensing boilers, heat pumps, and underfloor heating, you can trust Grant to heat your home now and into the future. Think heating, think Grant. Visit grant.ie. On FM in Leash, Offaly, and Westmeath. On your phone, your smart speaker, and on midlands183.com. This is Midlands 183 News. At 8, good evening, I'm Tina Gates. Israel's Prime Minister has rejected Hamas ceasefire demands, insisting there is no other solution except total victory. The group set out proposals for an end to fighting after separate terms were put forward by Middle East negotiators. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken's warned a lot of work remains to bridge the gap between the two sides. Benjamin Netanyahu insists his military will fight on. The IDF are working systematically and they will achieve all the objectives of the war. They're going to release all the hostages, eliminate Hamas, and Gaza will no longer be a threat to Israel. A building that was set on fire in the early hours of this morning in County Kildare was not going to be used to accommodate asylum seekers. There have been rumours locally that the property had been earmarked for accommodation for international protection applicants, but it now appears the rumours were wrong. Our chief reporter Barry White has more from Leakslip. Gardaí remain here at the scene in Leakslip at the property which has been badly damaged in the police. There are scorch marks on the roof and windows of the building, which is near a residential area. No one was in the building at the time and no one was injured. And Gardaí are specifically appealing to people who were in the area of Forest Park and Selbridge Row between 12.30am and 2am to come forward. Locals have told me that there had been rumours circulating that the building was going to be used to accommodate asylum seekers. However, the Department of Integration has confirmed that the property was not under consideration for use by the department. Speaking from his trip to the US, the Tonishta says he believes a campaign of arson and criminality is emerging and Michal Martin says the government will be looking closely at whether to introduce stricter laws to address what's become an ever-growing issue. It seems to me that a campaign is developing of arson and criminality. Uh, government will review this situation to see if tougher measures are required, greater deterrence required to stop this activity. Uh, the Gardaí, is, it's my understanding, uh, have made progress in respect of some arson attacks and the Gardaí will painstakingly investigate these situations. This is the 18th such fire on a premises that was either rumoured or being considered to house international protection applicants in the last number of months. The latest fire happened near a residential area and Paul, who lives in the area, says he's disgusted. I just don't agree with it. Like, um, arson is worse than anything else that happens and, like, we don't want arsonists living next door to us. So, yeah, it's just terrible. It's shocking that they would do this criminal damage. Ryanair is warning that airfares will go through the roof if the country continues to battle on about lifting the passenger cap at Dublin Airport. The company says it's no stranger to regional development, but if passenger limits for Dublin are not lifted, then growth and new flights will go to London, Manchester and Glasgow instead of Ireland. Speaking this evening, Ryanair CEO Eddie Wilson says the passenger cap at Dublin Airport is a joke and it has to go. We've built the two runways. Can you imagine?